Welcome to We Talk About Movies. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ruth. And this is episode three of the podcast, where we'll be talking about the Marvel movie, Doctor Strange, starring Benedict Cumberbatch as a mystical superhero. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate it if you like us on Facebook as well, at facebook.com slash we talk about movies. Now, let's talk about Doctor Strange. So let's get right to it. Doctor Strange, uh, another Marvel movie. We do a lot of superhero movies on we this like podcast. We like superhero movies. We do. Um, They're entertaining. Yeah, I love to watch them. I do too. I like action and there's always, you know, funny parts. Maybe maybe we'll post a picture of our media room on Twitter or something. <laughs> um, yeah, we should. We've got a bunch of uh, superhero comics on the wall. That's our That's our media room theme. They're really cool too because they're like, they look like the original comic, like out of the comic book. They are the, they're the original comics on a, basically a wood. block of wood. Mm-hmm. And like you've got the very first Amazing Fantasy 15, which was the first appearance of Spider-Man. Um, we have a lot of different comics in there. It's, it's, it's DC comics neat. too because we've got Batman and. Yeah, we have mostly Marvel, but some, some DC and, and, that's what we do here on the podcast as well as we watch more of the Marvel uh, movies versus DC. We'll, we'll probably watch most of the DC movies as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I would say we certainly will. We've seen quite a few already. Yeah. We haven't done a podcast on them yet, but. So anyways, um, Doctor Strange, we watch a lot of these movies, superhero movies. This one is not one of my favorites. I do agree with that. Now we, we did see this in theaters. Originally, Mm -hmm. we just watched it again because our niece was in town and she had not seen it yet. So we rented that and watched it again with her. And I actually thought better of it the second time around. I I remember the first time when we were in the theater, we both kind of left saying, I was pretty disappointed in, in that movie. And even watching it a second time, I say I liked it better, but it's still not my, my favorite. There's a lot of things in this movie that, and listeners, you may not know this about me, but I hate when things in movies do not make sense. And yes, this- he does. Let me tell you, he will ruin a movie for you, and it's awful. For example, which which one of the Batman movies was it that you ruined? The one with Bane. Yes, The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. He ruined that movie. It's awful. But anyway. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but after I saw it, I left the theater and I was like, here are 10 reasons why 10 different things in this story that made no sense at all. And Ruth was like, I love that movie. And then I'd list off one after the other. She's like, you're ruining it. Be quiet. Yes. Because I don't always think that way, but your brain works that way. See, I just go, Oh, that was fun. And you go, no, not plausible. Not that you don't believe, you know, if you're a superhero and you can fly, you're okay with that. Mm -hmm. But you don't like it if in that universe something doesn't make sense. So uh, let me start with some of these in Doctor Strange. Um, number one, if you remember when they were... Uh, Doctor Strange thought he did something really cool by going into the mirror dimension and getting Kaecilius as the main bad guy. Um, he thought like, oh, I'll put him in the mirror dimension and then we'll be safe. And then, well, because it doesn't affect the real world. That's why he went to the mirror dimension. And then Mordo was like, they're more powerful in the mirror dimension, you idiot. And he's like, oh, oops. So anyways, while they're in there and they're fighting, um, Dr. Strange and Mordo are trying to get away. 
and they have their little rings that can take them other places and the bad guys are chasing them. And it's so frustrating because they'll do their little circle thing and they'll make a ring, but the ring is like 30 yards in front of them. And by the time they, uh, before they have a chance to get through the ring, Kaecilius will like make the, make the, the ground the wall and they'll fall and they never get to their ring. And it's like, make the ring five feet in front of you. Why? I will agree with you on that because when they're practicing, yeah, the ring, it's right in front of them. Yeah. It, Earlier in the movie when he is struggling to do it. Right. And she yeah, puts they, him on Everest. They have the ability to make the ring You're right You're right. In front of I them. didn't notice that. It, very frustrating. It is. But, but I don't know. Maybe he still would have been able to stop them somehow. Here's another thing that really bothered me was um, at the very beginning when Caecilius steals that book. It's because he went to the library and the library had one bookkeeper guarding all of this precious knowledge. And he just came in with all of his guys, killed the bookkeeper, took what he wanted and left. And there's like no secure. Why would you not have a stronger security plan for the the dark magic that can like end the world? You just leave that out for anyone? That's stupid. Well, I think it's because... The, I forget what they call her, the, the master. The ancient one. The ancient one. You would think that she, she handpicks all the, all of the people, right? That she trains. So right. you're, of course they think, well, we're not training any bad guys. So we don't need high security. Okay. But then they realize they do need high security. Right. After he gets all crazy. And, and then what happened? They I don't assigned, know because I missed that first part. No, you do know. They assigned Wong. As the one bookkeeper. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh, we realize we have a security issue in well, our place. Well, they already have what they wanted. So. Okay, but you don't want... And that wasn't the only place that happened. Also, when there's those three places around the world that are like, as long as they're there, then the bad guys can't come to Earth, right? I mean, that was the whole thing. London, New York, yeah, and Tokyo. Their, I forget what they call it, but yeah, yeah. that's their strongholds in so, each city so what what were the defenses in the london stronghold i don't i don't know because they were there was one guy one guy yeah well but no i guess they do show i i guess because i thought well see now i need to go back and watch again because what i thought what happened and you can tell me if i'm wrong if you remember more clearly was that bombs were going off or something and then they ran into the London place, but I thought London was already under attack. Or did they show up after Doctor Strange got to London? So, and I could be wrong, but the way I remember it was they went to London like first because they heard that there was an attack. Right. And there was just one guy there. Like, why would you, if this is one of the three things that keeps your world from being destroyed, why would you... You should have a hundred people at all of these at all times. You have one guy. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe you only saw one guy. I, I think know. there was only one guy. <laughs> I mean, if that is the case, then yes, I agree with you. But now I, I want to kind of rewatch that situation. One day. But yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So go to your next one. That doesn't make sense. And if you're listening to this and if I'm wrong, um, feel free to correct him. Yeah. I uh, do it all the time. I try to do it. You can send either of us an email, uh, Kevin at we talk about movies.com or Ruth at we talk about movies.com. 
Or you can get us on Twitter. Um, we but talk about M O V I because we don't have enough letters to have our full name in the Twitter handle. So. Yeah. Thanks Twitter. So the next one that really bothers me, and I think this is the last one I have. Okay. So the Cape, the Cape cho- chooses him and helps him while he's fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you're going with this one, but continue. Okay. So he was fighting with, Caecilius and it and kept he, saving him yeah and it kept saving him and then he had Caecilius trapped in that thing right and then he got stabbed right okay I do agree with this one because I what I thought the same thing yeah why didn't it protect him from that other guy it did later yeah but he'd already been stabbed at that point yeah so the cape does decides that some I'm gonna help him now but not help him here what the, why wouldn't the cape help him not get stabbed it didn't make any sense to me no I am totally on board with that I did notice that part the second time around we watched it. Yeah. I I have no issue with your issue with that. <laughs> I mean, maybe the cape needed a nap or something. I don't know. Maybe but we I, both missed something. I, but yes, I noticed that too. I'm like, wow, well, why didn't it save him from that guy? Yeah. So that, that's the thing. He's not even thing. the main bad guy. Yeah. That's the thing with me. I can accept that the cape can save you. But I, it needs to be consistent. You've got to either the cape always saves you or never saves you. Maybe the cape, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting this, didn't see him coming. Yeah, maybe. I, like uh, I said, maybe the know, cape I, is taking a nap. I don't know. But but there's no <laughs> explanation for it. So no. if the it, and it's fine if the cape saves you Except sometimes and not others. But give me a reason why, and then I'm okay with it. Well, the reason was to go see his girl again. The cape, you know, just knew. The cape has a girl, a girl cape. No, who's no, just no, waiting. no. Doctor Strange's was, girl. He was texting his cape lover. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Doctor Strange's girl, Rachel McAdams. Oh, okay. Don't be a jerk. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of her, there's one thing you pointed out at the very beginning when we watched this that was frustrating. Oh, what did I say? I don't even remember. I wrote this down. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. She's in surgery and she's got these like beautiful little strands of hair oh, just yes. coming out of her surgery outfit I, I don't know what you call that a surgeon's really get up me. and now and i went to nursing school for a short period of time i did not graduate because i decided i did not want to do that but absolutely your hair would not be allowed to be sticking out in surgery it was absurd yeah that was all for show to make her look pretty which is you know, that's one of those things I don't really care about. But yes, it was something I noticed. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me, but no, it, it's something that when you're spending all this money and all this time into making a good movie, those details matter. So I bet nobody else noticed that though, but me hey, or, or maybe another doctor. I, I, I bet doctors yeah. would notice. If you're listening and you notice that, send us a tweet. <laughs> well, the only thing about the movie that stuck out in my mind, and this was something I brought up the very first time we went to see it, and Kevin and I disagree <laughs> on this, but I did not find the name of the supernatural bad guy, Dormammu. Mm-hmm. The name to me does not sound menacing or dark in any way. <laughs> when we saw it, I just, every time they'd say Dormammu, I was like, oh, that sounds so, I don't know, 
relaxing and spa-like or something, Dormammu. Like but, moo at the end. It's like a cow. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's a, it's a really scary cow. <laughs> well, that's why I, every time they say Dormammu, I'm like, who's that? Oh, that's supposed to be the ultimate bad guy. And it's just one of those weird things that probably nobody else noticed or would agree with me. But for me, every time I heard that name, I just thought, that doesn't sound scary at all. It's, see, see, and I, and we even asked some of your, of your family when we got home and I said it, tried to say it as, uh, how do I put it without leading them in either direction? I would say, okay, if I say the word Dormammu, would you consider that to be something dark and menacing or lighter and happy? And I think most of your family said, lighter and happy. Well, yeah, because you said, what I say? Dormammu. No, I said Dormammu. I just said it. Yeah, but Dormammu doesn't call himself Dormammu. He calls himself Dormammu. Okay, well, you could make bunnies sound scary by going bunny, but that's like, that doesn't, <laughs> shouldn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. Okay, well. <laughs> I, I think it's a fine bad guy name. Um, I don't know why. But I just thought it, it I can, was not. I, no, I can see where you're coming from. I think it's the moo that get, like I said, it kind of sounds like a cow and Maybe. cows are not scary to me, but no, I, I think it's a fine that we just disagree on this. I think it's a fine bad guy name. I'm even trying to think of a bad guy name to compare it to. Like who's the bad guy in uh, guardians of the galaxy? The real bad guy. Well, there's Thanos. Thanos. Okay. Ronin is the... Say Ronin. That sounds more... Because it's more strong. And I, I think you're right. It's because of the moo on the end. Yeah. But... Maybe Dormammu wears a moo-moo. <laughs> Maybe that's what I thought of. I don't know. <laughs> he would be a lot less scary then. Although in the movie, he's terrifying. He looks scary. Yeah. Can I but tell you? I don't even know what a moo-moo is. It's just like a... Uh, basically a dress but it's just a sack okay like uh, like what women would wear i feel like when they were pregnant okay i'll have to look it up literally it's just a big huge dress hmm. he didn't wear that in the movie no he did not that would make him a lot less scary also so we've talked about the bad things about the movie and, and i think there's a lot but there's some good things about the movie um one thing that I like that's consistent with the Doctor Strange character throughout the movie, and I, I will say this, some some superheroes I have comic book background of. I, I'm not a big comic book guy, but in some cases I've read some of the comic books. I don't know anything about Doctor Strange, so this is totally just movie character here, but I thought it was very consistent of his character to not want to kill people. You know, that he was a doctor, he took the Hippocratic Oath, and even when he's trying to save the world, he doesn't want to kill people. And and a lot of superheroes and comics and and things don't want to kill, Um, but I thought that was a good part of his character, and I I appreciated how consistent it was throughout the movie. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Even when he was the arrogant doctor that you didn't really like, he still would never purposely hurt anyone. Well, he never lost a patient. He was he had a perfect record. Well, but I think that's also because he chose his patients specifically because he didn't want to. But but I, but yes. yes, I mean he deep down in his core, he's a good guy in the fact that yes, he's not going to kill even if it's kill the bad guy. Yeah, he says no. I've I made a commitment to do no harm. Right. 
I thought that was interesting, but I have to disagree with your characterization of mm-hmm. just taking the cases he knew he could save because they had the the guy who had already been called dead. And he's like, I've got a few minutes and I can't even use the instruments. Well, I have to do this freehand. And he did it and he saved the guy. Right. I'm not saying that he wouldn't try to. I was talking more about like when he was in the car mm-hmm. it, right before his accident in the beginning. And he's talking to whoever about what case he wants to take next. And one of them, one of them, he says, no, that's too far gone. Like, I can't do anything. Right. Which I'm not saying he's doing a bad thing. He just knows because he's so good that yeah. he can't help them. Right. And he's not going to take that case, too, because he doesn't want to ruin his reputation. Right. So that's what I meant by yeah. that. But that seems so fictional to me. I, I, I can't imagine there's any doctor worth his salt that has never lost a patient. Like if you're a surgeon well, yes, or something. Ag- agreed. And I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor, but it seems like that's a silly. That, this that's, seems that's unlikely. A, it's a made up thing for a story, which is fine. But um, I can't. That just doesn't seem realistic to me. But again, he's a he's a superhero. So one, one moment in the movie that I liked that I actually didn't know. So I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Uh, when Doctor Strange tells... His lady, Rachel McAdams. I don't remember her name. I don't either because it's been a few days now since we watched this movie. Um, and he tells her he went out east. Western medicine failed me. I went east. I went to Kathmandu and she made a reference to she's like, like Bob Seeger or something. And that surprised me because wasn't your dad a my dad was big a huge fan. Bob Seeger fan. And one of the things he gave me in I think eighth grade was a Bob Seger greatest hits CD. And until then I had no idea who Bob Seger was. And he actually, I bet there's a lot of young people listening that don't know who that is. So actually I think there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people who know Bob Seger and then there's the people who don't realize they know Bob Seger. I think I'm the second, <laughs> I mean, but, you, but you, you know him now because I point him out to you all well, the time, but yes, even but, re- regularly I will, We'll be in a coffee shop and I'll be like, who's singing this? And you should just answer Bob Seger to everything. Cause almost every time I ask that question, I'd say maybe 30 or 40% of the time, the answer is Bob Seger. Maybe, but you play that game a lot. I do. And sometimes I get very frustrated. It's a fun game (laughs) for you. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So if you're, if you are one of the people out there thinking, I have never heard. Bob Seger. Who are you talking about? Let's start with the song referenced in the movie. Uh, Dr. Strange. Katmandu. Yeah, Dr. Strange says he's going to Katmandu and his girlfriend says, like Bob Seger? Well, it's his ex-girlfriend, well, but yes. Whatever. Rachel McAdams. Yes. So, um, that one is, is one of his, not one of his more popular songs. So you, you don't, I actually was not really familiar with it until I heard this and I looked it up. Um, oh, I think you even said in the middle of the movie, you're like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I know. I So, like I said, I had the Bob Seger Greatest Hits CD. Katmandu was not on the Greatest Hits, although it is one of, from what I understand, one of his better songs. Um, but it's very recognizable because the first line in the song is, I think I'm going to Katmandu. 
And he basically just does that. Oh my gosh, you sound just like him. I know. I'm, I'm like <laughs> a Bob so Seger. You should quit your day job and just go, go be a Bob Seger, yeah. um, impersonator. Yeah. Like an Elvis impersonator, except <laughs> not really, Seger. but Bob Seger. That might be a really terrible idea. You'll be very poor. I mean, it could work. I don't think so. No, it don't, couldn't. Don't no, do it, it couldn't. Okay. Don't do it. So Kathmandu is one of Bob Seger's songs. Another, so I'm going to kind of go, I'm starting with some of the more obscure songs that you may know, you may not. And then as I get to the end, I'm, unless you are eight years old, I'm pretty sure you will know one of these songs. Okay. Okay. So, uh, one of, probably one of his most popular songs. And next time you're in a coffee shop or an elevator, just listen for it. It's called Night Moves, and I can promise you, Ruth, many times when I've said, who sings this, and you say, I don't know, Kevin, who sings it, (laughs) and it's Bob Seger, it's Night Moves. Well, the name of the title certainly does not ring a bell. I still don't know what you're talking about. It's uh, And for anyone that could see my face, I was rolling my eyes when you said it because I don't know what you're talking so about. So I wish I could play the music here, but I I feel like well, I might pe- get sued by Bob Seger or something if I did. People can go look it up on YouTube. Look it up. And honestly, go buy Bob Seger's Greatest Hits. Is you it know. worth buying? Oh, yeah. I Oh. I wish I had the CD. I should probably just buy it, you know, and download it to my computer because I would listen to it all the time. There's so many good songs on there. So Okay. Night Moves. I mean, you could sing everything for us. <laughs> Night Moves is not <laughs> one that's easily sung. Oh, okay. Because it's a little bit slower. Um it, it's it's basically a song about uh teenagers. Not in high school, maybe well, we college. We don't need to get into it. I'll, you know, go look it up. It's just but... a, it's a young love song and, and okay. it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's a good song. Again, like I said, if you hear it once and put it in your mind, this is Bob Seeger, you're gonna you start noticing. You're it. gonna notice it as background music in a lot of uh, places you go. Okay. Okay. Another one, uh, we'll start to get into some songs people may know now here's yeah, one we, we don't need to spend a super long amount of time on bob seeger yes we do he's, oh he's wonderful okay apparently we do for everybody else sorry no <laughs> you have to you have to hear this part you do um all right so Ke- kevin's educating you I, I i'm a big bob seeger <laughs> fan so let, let's talk about him um okay if you were a 80s to 90s rock fan you heard a Bob Seger song, but you probably have never heard Bob Seger sing it. So Metallica, turn the page. Oh. That's Bob Seger originally. Oh. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. So I know Metallica. You, yeah. Most people <laughs> I, do know the Metallica know. version of that song. And it's really a powerful song about singing and being an artist and being on the road and, and how difficult that can be for your personal life. Um, so if you haven't heard the Metallica version or he's the Bob a, Seger version, um, go listen to it. He's a singer songwriter. Like he wrote the song as well. I believe, or... I believe he writes a lot of his music. Okay. I know another, you know, there's singers that don't write their yeah. music. Another song similar in concept to turn the page was actually my dad's favorite song. It's called roll me away. And it's kind of Bob Seger's story about just kind of getting sick of, the musician life and getting on his motorcycle and 
driving off for a while and um that's a that's a really great song so i that's not one of his more popular ones but go listen to that one because it's it's really <laughs> add, good add it to your list um all right two more and then we'll we'll be done okay let's hear the last two so if you're maybe you weren't a rock fan so you never heard metallica's version um if you watch any tv around the 90s um you saw a chevy commercial and you heard bob seeger singing like a rock oh yes yes so um all those chevy commercials i remember them like it was yesterday uh, I had no idea who that was. I kind of assumed it was like music made up for Chevy. Right. Because it, it fits the theme of a truck. Like a rock. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that was, that was a popular Bob Seeger song long before it was Chevy's thing. Wow. Yeah. I guess I always assumed that was just Chevy's slogan. Yeah. So they, they just took Bob Seeger and made it their slogan and, uh, it worked out pretty well for them. I guess so. Okay, the last one. Maybe you didn't watch car commercials. I don't know how you would have avoided it unless you were born after the 90s. But um, the last one, uh, first of all, it's very popular from a movie. So the movie is Risky Business with Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen a clip of this or you've seen other people reenact it, which has probably happened a million times, sliding in on in his socks and underwear yes, and lip-syncing... Um, Bob Seger. Bob Seger, <laughs> old time rock and roll. Everyone knows yes. old time rock and roll. Um, Whether I, you've seen that movie or not, right. I'm sure you know. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie podcast, so maybe people can reference it there. But uh, one thing I read, and I tried to look it up again, I couldn't confirm it. So I, this is like trivia in my head that might not actually even be true. But um, I am under the impression that. Old time rock and roll is the number one or number two most played jukebox song of all time. Interesting. I would never have guessed that. Um, so it's, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's just weird trivia in my head that I couldn't confirm. But I remember hearing that and I remember hearing. Well, you probably saw it on the internet, so it must be true. No, I feel like this was pre-internet because I've been holding on to this for a long time. Oh. I mean, not pre-before the internet existed, no, but, but I think it yes, I know like, what maybe saying. came from a magazine. I don't know. But anyways, um, do you oh. have a guess what the number one most played jukebox song of all time is? Wow. Um, I would... I have no idea. I, I would guess maybe a country song, but uh, I, I don't know. It is a country song. It is oh. Crazy by Patsy Cline. By Patsy Cline? Yes. Again, and this is according to the trivia in Kevin's head that might not be correct. But Interesting. I, I distinctly remember hearing Crazy and Old Time Rock and Roll or one. 1 and 2. Hey, I got country part right. You did. Good job. I don't know why. I just assume like if you're going <laughs> to... Put on a jukebox. It's always country. I don't, I don't know why. That's just what I think of. I don't know. It seems seems like it fits. So anyways, everyone knows old time rock and roll, which means everyone knows Bob Seger. Even if they don't know, they know Bob Seger. <laughs> okay. Um, so that concludes our Bob Seger segue. <laughs> and uh, just a little bit more about Dr. Strange. There, I have two more things I want to talk about. Number one... 
the when they're in the mirror dimension and all of the things are moving around, like the floor becomes a ceiling, blah, blah, blah. It just felt very like it's ripped off of, um, what's that movie? Inception. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know you were going to say that, but that was what I guessed. Yeah. But to be fair, I, how else would they've done it? I don't know. It just felt kind of tired to me. Like it's been done before. It was really cool the first time we saw that in Inception, but now it's just, I don't know. It, because it messes with my mind, it's hard to, to process what's going on because Right. It's, it's not, so complicated and yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, huh. okay. And then finally, I think the, um, the ending was so confusing. I didn't really understand how he got Dormammu trapped in that loop because he took time with him. Remember when he's eating the apple mm-hmm. and he is reading the book he's not supposed to and mm-hmm. he takes the medallion. From the center of their school, whatever. He uses that to manipulate time. Like that's what the spell is. Right. So he already knew how to do it. So he takes that medallion and the spell with him and therefore puts Dormammu, who is timeless, in time. Because he takes, he's taken that, that power, that spell with him. And that helps a little bit, but it's still too confusing for my puny little mind to understand. Just accept it. Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, it's really difficult for me to, to f- comprehend it. And I don't know. It, it Just not one of my favorite, favorite Marvel movies or superhero movies. I'm, I'm going to give this one a four out of 10. I wouldn't give it that low. I'd probably say a five. Like I'd watch it again. Yeah. But you you want to watch it again because you want to go back and figure out. About the cape. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I I enjoyed it more the second time than I did the first time. It, it's certainly not my favorite Marvel movie, but I didn't hate it. One so. day, one day we're gonna rank all the Marvel movies. Oh gosh, <laughs> against each other. Yeah, that'll be difficult. It'll be fun. One day, not today. No, not today. All right, um, Doctor Strange, four out of ten from Kevin, five out of ten from Ruth, and that'll do it for this week. Doctor Strange gets a 4 out of 10 from Kevin and a 5 out of 10 from Ruth. This is definitely not one of our favorite Marvel movies. This is 7.6 on IMDb, so I imagine a few of you disagree on this one. Tell us what you think on our website, wetalkaboutmovies.com, where you can leave a comment and or rate the movie there yourself. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wetalkaboutmovies or Twitter at wetalkaboutmovi. In the next episode, we will discuss Edge of Seventeen. This is rated R, but it is absolutely worth the watch. Seriously, go watch that movie. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. And I cannot wait to talk to you about our next movie, Edge of Seventeen, starring Haley Steinfeld.